Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and talking before the home game against Hull City at Old Trafford. We always have a great variety of people on this podcast and that extends to today. I'm sat with Emma Neville. Um, Emma is the wife of Gary Neville former Manchester United and England captain and I've been speaking to him and I thought it's interesting because people Gary's also sat in on this but we're not letting him speak on the podcast I thought it'd be interesting to speak to her because she sees football from a different perspective although I may think that she does and I watched the game sat next to Johnny Evans's wife Helen in Nice in the summer and I was struck by how nervous she was how worried she was that her husband was going to be injured and how she only watched her husband she wasn't watching the bigger picture. And on the other side of me was Johnny's mum and dad. She cares about her. And Gary stopped butting in. <laughs> and they were nervous um, and happy and yet upset because their other son was on the bench. Um, Emma, you told me you don't see yourself as, as a, a footballer's wife. Not anymore, is she? Well, yeah, obviously I'm not anymore, but... Um... No, when I you used to watch Gary? Yes. Well, did you used to watch him? Yeah, obviously. I Actually, the day we'd met, um, I'd been to the um, football, I think it was called uh, Sports Bar, Manchester, uh, with a friend. We used to go and watch regularly the games, have an afternoon out. Um, and Who did you support? I was, well, younger, I was an Oldham fan. I used to go with my dad to watch Oldham Athletic. Um, and you're from whereabouts? from Middleton. So um, Oldham were the big team locally? Oldham were my local, yeah, team that I'd go. Obviously, um, got, well... Could never get to United. Um, my dad was a big fan, but so we ended up going there. Got where to, where did you go in the ground at Boundary Park? Um, in the Chaddy End. Yeah. Did, did you sing? Uh, yeah, I used to know quite a lot of the songs. And uh, do you remember any of them? Quite a lot. Yeah, particularly. Zigga Zaga. Uh, athletic. <laughs> All right. I'm going to. What's the name of Oldham's mascot? Uh, Chaddy Owl. Meat pie sausage roll. Come on, Oldham, give us a goal. Frankie Bunn or Andy Ritchie. If you had to choose one as a oh, player. sorry, yeah. Andy was a big, yeah. Not was... to date one of them. She don't either. I was a huge him. fan of, yeah. No, me and my friend used to uh, really, yeah, love the Andy Ritchie songs and uh, Andy Ritchie was one of our favourite players, yeah. So you saw the great Oldham teams of the early 90s under Joe Royal. Yeah, Joe Royal's Blue White Army, yeah, definitely. 7-0 it. win against Scarborough, I think it was, in the League Cup, on the plastic. Yeah, on the AstroTurf. Um, and we went to um, Wembley. In United uh, in '94. Yeah, hated that day. Worst day. When Mark Hughes got the late goal. Yeah, all the way home. Me and my friend uh, cried on the coach all the way home. And a few guys were comforting us. Calm down, love. It's all right. But felt like the world had ended. How old were you? Um, at that stage, I was 14, 15 year old. Yeah. So yeah, that was a not a nice day. To and, remember. And you'd be cursing Man United at that point. Yes. After, after the big one. Definitely did. Um, but no, it was good. Good old days at Oldham. Used to enjoy going. Every weekend, it's a good day out. And McDonald's on the way home. Is that what you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty sad what's happened to Oldham since, isn't it? They're struggling, they're getting three or four thousand. They're at yeah. the wrong end of the league. To be honest, yeah, I'm not as uh, obsessed with football as I used to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is sad times, and hopefully they'll stay. With, you know, they'll be able to stay up and get some good support. So life's swimming along perfectly well, and then. <laughs> a man enters your life called Gary. Yeah. What was his first chat up line? Um, it was a strange night actually when we met. Um, I was out with a friend. Um, she spewed up on the floor of the bar. <laughs> I was actually on a, a date, if I'm honest, on that night. Um, it was a Sunday and 
had quite a bit to drink um, and basically I just remember my friend talking to Ryan and kind of Gary was there um, and we didn't really chat much if I'm honest but then the next that night uh, my friend left with Gary's number which was given to her by Ryan um, and then the next day I texted him I had my best pull, I, my best pulling line so, was my United Blazer <laughs> you went out with the United Blazer on? No, me and Giggsy were living in town and we always, after every game, went and had two beers. We were allowed two, be two bottles of beer. Um, if we won, we beat Middlesbrough away. I think it was December 28th, 2003. Yeah. And we always had two beers on the way back to our apartment block where we lived. So you had the club blazer on, you went from Old Trafford. Club blazer on, it always worked. <laughs> did it? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. We did it that night. Right, we did it, we did it that night. No. <laughs> Yeah, um, no, we didn't really get to meet. I obviously remember seeing them in there, but we didn't really have much of a conversation. And the number got given uh, to my friend saying that Gary uh, asked who I was kind of thing and got my number. So um, the next day I did text uh, whilst a bit hungover and then I didn't actually get any reply for about 10 days. And We had a lot of games at the time, Andy. You wouldn't have wanted me to be no, distracted during a very busy Christmas period. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Exactly. So that's, what, that's why it the took 10... The people listening to this, they were paying your wages exactly. and they wanted professionals. And exactly, it took 10 days, two weeks for me to get older because basically we had a lot of bit, a big, busy Christmas programme. <laughs> what, pro what, what programme was it? Which year was this? It was in 2003. I don't know what games we had on New Year's Day or around then, but we were obviously playing games. Do you, know had, do you know how we had two beers after every game? Because Lauren Blanc told us... No, Lauren Blanc and... Who else was it? Was it Bartez said, it relaxes the muscles. So we, what a great excuse that is. A Frenchman says it relaxes the muscles, you're allowed to have a beer. Didn't Lauren Blanc smoke? <laughs> yeah, they both used to smoke in the change room at half-time. Used to stink as well, to be did fair. You, used, to, they used to go into the toilets. I say change room. They used to go into the toilets in the change room. Did you um, only limit it to two, or did sometimes you carry on? Never. Always two. So you've gone out with your club suits on. Did you, did you not get stick-off City fans going out in Manchester? No. No? No. Not I just really. went and, into it. And the tie and everything? Yeah, everything. Because we, we just come off... We just come... Was that an intentional pulling technique to go out with the club, <laughs> club suit? Because you could have changed into your own clothes. No, because obviously we were on the way home from the game, from either arriving back at um, the airport or arriving back at... Um, Four seasons off the coach where we used to get off and we used to drive back or even off the train at Manchester Piccadilly so we were always we were always on that would you get my because you're obviously recognisable oh. weren't you that night it was Sunday night that was a Sunday night there was no one out so there was Emma stood in the middle of the room with a few of her mates and the date that she was with <laughs> I didn't find about till, about till later poor lad Look, look at him, he's, he's lost for words. Yes, he did. First time he's ever. Do, he's dodged a bullet, to be fair. I was joking. So, you, you, so Emma, you, you, you start dating Gary, you get, you get engaged, you get married. You, what was the first, first game? How about the first game? I'm just going to ask her. What was the first game you went to? He's a journalist, isn't he? Just, um, to watch your, your, your boyfriend play after how long was it? Um, so, yeah. And, and when did you start feeling conflicted that Oldham or Manchester United or you're still an Oldham fan no I'm still deep down an Oldham Good. fan I must say never yeah. changed that no um, but obviously United had obviously amazing players obviously going to Old Trafford an amazing day out um, but yeah the first game I actually got was the Derby I think tickets to um, me and my friend went and um, yeah, it was a very Did you interesting match. Your boyfriend, I got sent off after half an hour. You've got sent off. Yeah, so Gary uh, actually headbutted Steve McManaman. Was it? Yeah. Steve yeah. Was it? yeah. So what were you yeah. thinking? I was just like shocked. I did, that, I, I did that just to impress. Yeah, her. I was wondering if it was a bit <laughs> of an impress or 
So yeah, how long it's harder you, than how I thought. Have you been seeing him? You were serious at this point. Um, so this was yeah, just over two months time. Right. Yeah, yeah. So your proper boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. He gets sent off in the first game you've gone to see him play. Yeah. And did you think idiot? I was just in shock. I think just like I just witnessed that. Did you see that side of his personality, the aggression on the football field? Uh, no. Well, obviously, I'd like watched games, um, watched him play, and I could tell he was obviously a hardcore reg. But um, I didn't. Yeah. Never thought. I don't know. And then after the game, you saw him. He'd been sent off. Was he in a bad mood? Uh, yeah. What could happen is obviously you plan your weekend, going for a meal or going out with friends, and then you just kind of know if it was a bad result or especially a derby there was no way you could be seen out in the city so that night I think we was obviously if you'd have won we'd have been out celebrating we did win that we well, win we, yeah but it was not a great it was a game for Gary so it was a rule if we, if, if we lost or drew at home we couldn't go out and where did that rule come from the manager me or you, your own, yeah, just, your no, own no, experience none of, the, none of the lads who were local went out if we, if we lost because you get stick no just it's not right is it it's not right you go out you, you go out after you lose or you go out after you draw. No, it doesn't. What about the story? This is a funny story. It's not funny. There was a, on the order of a lie, a mum, she called me a liar. So basically, this was about a week, two weeks before we played Bolton away, right? It's a true, you're laughing, aren't you? And I came off the coach. I came, I came out of the dressing room. I think we beat beating Bolton 2 1. This was in the days of teletext, by the way. Teletext, by the way, yeah. So basically, results. I get on the coach after giving a ringer a month after I'd met. And I said, and she went, oh, you must be happy you won. I said, no, not really. I scored an own goal. And it went quiet on the phone. She went, it went dead for like a few seconds. And she came back on. She said, you're lying to me. Why are you lying to me? The teletext I said, didn't say that. Oh, you fucking what? <laughs> she went, you didn't score an own goal. I went, I scored an own goal. Anyway, on teletext, it had put that Jorkiev, who had gone up for the header with at the back post, had scored a goal. So mum came on. And start, mum come yeah, on. started having to pop at me as well, saying, Being a liar. "Look, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to lie to her. You know what I mean? And stuff you, that you're upset and stuff." I thought this is a piss take. This. Well, when I when I kind of rung him, I knew it was a bad moment because I just remember thinking, "Oh, sugar, he can't actually speak. He was on the team coach for day, and he's like, can't speak now." Kind of a thing. It nearly ended without with seeing each other about twice. When did he first tell you that he loved you? <laughs> Um, probably about four days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say it was probably about mm, about two months in. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that quick. Yeah, was, was it? I was staying in that. Yeah. Kind of like before we went, moving we stuff into 10. the apartment. We went to lounge like ten. Yeah. We went to lounge ten after for Valentine's Day. February 14, so it was like two months, yeah. two, three months. Yeah. Did he bring results home with him? If United had won or lost, was he was he moody around the house? I'd say it was more quiet after after a loss or something. Um, yeah, I'd say it weren't like aggressive or anything. It was just like quiet and a bit yeah downy. Um, and then obviously, if we'd won, it would just be like you'd have a nice night out. Yeah, it wasn't like going excessively like oh. Played in some, yeah, some very successful teams. When they reached cup finals, you would have gone along to them. Yeah. They were Just doing some... What were the highlights? It was, obviously, they were always quite tense, and you was, obviously, you know, there'd be a do at the end of the night and a big party or something, and, again, one of those things that, obviously, if you weren't going to win it or ever, you are just going to go back to your room and fly home the next day from wherever you were and stuff. Obviously, the party, they were a great night. Um, but, yeah, I went on quite a few trips places and... Yeah, it was uh, 
They were good times, really. Any, any yeah. standouts? I'm trying to think where. Because you'd met him after Barcelona, hadn't you? So just league title wins going back. Where would you go when you won the league? Back to the living room, places like that. Wives, well, wives yeah, weren't invited. No. Would you not? It was oh, separate no. nights, yeah. Really? When you won the league, you'd have a players' night out? And if we won the league, we went out for 24 hours. That was that was the lads. That was never that was never wives on those nights, because it, it you just that, that was the one night. It, I always get asked this question: What's the one thing you miss? I don't actually miss the football. I miss those nights. They were just the best nights of your life. Those. Would you sing fan songs on them nights? Yeah, we would. Yeah. You just pick them up yeah, on the yeah. terraces. And we just drink and, and drink and drink and just never stop. And we yeah. just from this time, I used to come home singing songs in the middle of the night and wake you up. Remember? Yeah, I could eat because. So I miss- you're in sleep. Were you a mother by that point? No, no, but because. Um, here coming down Deansgate, um, so it was at the top of oh, yeah, the, you of lived the on Deansgate, and number yeah. one Deansgate. But you could hear like singing going in because you could always hear the saxophonist who used to be outside um, Kendall's all the time, all night long. And then you could hear sometimes, you know, these chants come in. And it was him. coming up in the lift singing, yeah, United, United songs, song not your own one. In. Only if we'd won the league, right? Yeah, just singing Gary Neville yeah, no, as no, red no, no, <laughs> every night to bed. <laughs> no, no, just singing. If we won the league, then yeah, it would be. I just just be singing all, just sing all night. And then children came along? Yeah, and then we had um, got two girls. First one was 2008, the second one 2010. Um, and yeah, Gary... Um, Is he a good dad? Yeah, surprised me actually, because um, <laughs> not in that way. Surprised me with how chilled out he is with the kids. I'm probably more the disciplined mum. Would that go back to the Yeah, it's still loads and, um, of people. He is really calm. And with the younger one particularly, let's get away with murder really. Um, but. Yeah, no, he's a good dad, and he does miss, obviously, way a lot, even now with the projects he's doing. Um, he does, I can tell, really, really miss them, um, and they miss him. But And then he, he moved on to, to television, so you start seeing him. Do you watch him on TV? Um, I do remember um, the house we lived in at the time when he just got work for Sky, and uh, the front room wasn't actually huge, and this Sky production team comes up and puts this huge television in the front, and um, you could hear in the house we were in everything from kind of the floor above, um, and I used to remember hearing him practice and practice, talking to himself, pressing the, obviously this telly, and as if he was on there, and I just used to laugh to myself upstairs, obviously this was all new to us all. Um, the first, so he's practising for the show yeah, to get used show, to it, putting the, the research into when it. First joined, yeah. yeah, and then um, I do remember... You don't watch me though, do you? No, I don't anymore. I did, obviously, the first couple of months that you start on Monday Night Football, we all used to sit there and the girls used to say, because we were younger then, oh, waving at the telly, can Daddy see me? And it was like, they didn't understand. Um, but it was. I remember that first time watching him and I was nervous for him because he was actually rocking a bit and didn't know what to do with his hands, I could tell, and I thought, oh, I did feel for you him that tell night. He was nervous. Yeah, I really could for him, and he's not. Obviously, and were you so nervous, nervous first time? Oh, yeah, if you go back to those early shows, it's a mess. Nervous-wise, my, like, my arms were all You made a good impression from the, the start. Yeah, mm, yeah the, the, reason my, the reason I hold now a pen in my hand, the reason I hold a pen in my hand during the show is so that I know what to do with my hands. It's just terrible what to do with my hands. But they don't. I always say, "Did you watch the show?" And they never watch. I, mean, I don't think you've watched one for four years, have you? Really? But but your daughters would see him on TV and yeah. just say, "There's Daddy." And there's Daddy, and like wait, be waving at telly, and it's but like, he but he's not back. waving back. And it was really <laughs> to explain to them. But uh, yeah, but to be honest, like if he's on a Monday night now, particularly, it might be on in the background, or if my dad's around or something. But I don't sit and watch it. Um, yeah, I've become a bit bored of football in a, in a funny way you all the other games compartmentalise your life and that's what he does for, for his yeah, job yeah that's then. it now it's kind of his job and and then you get a call 
or to yeah. say, look, we're moving to Valencia and you've got to uproot your family, you've got to take your kids out of school. How, how do you feel when it's like that? Is it something that's exciting because you're moving to a nice city well, where you know, you know you're... Know, you're uh, that was a bit of a... It all happened within three weeks, really. Of, I'd heard little bits of a story and rumour and then the next thing it was, right, we've, we're going to go. Should we do this? And it was kind of like, wow. And um, my mum will never forget the moment telling me I was making a bacon sandwich and she said, there's something up with you, what's up with you? And I not told her. And I said, Mum, we're moving to Valencia. And it was like, really close to my mum, it was like a world had ended. And I thought, oh gosh. Um, my dad ended up um, coming out with us for the duration. We were there um, in the house we had. And it was just, it all happened so quick. Um, so I didn't really have time to think, which in a way was a good thing. Um, I went out one day and within the day I had to pick a house and a school. Within um, a day? Within a day. And that kind of, we had the, um, obviously, it was great that obviously Gary's brother were there, so we'd been advised different places and obviously went to school, their kids went to, but it was all just felt a bit surreal actually. Um, the lifestyle was lovely and you can take a lot of obviously um, benefits and things that the Spanish do different to us. Um, the food was amazing, um, it's so chilled out and everything like that and obviously the weather, can't compare it to Manchester, but then it just wasn't home. I miss my family and my friends and the school day I always thought would have been shorter for the kids but it was actually long a long, day. long day. My little ones at the age of two years and seven months were in nine till five into school. It's a long And on school trips at three and a half for, for a week. We, we've had longer holidays. <laughs> <laughs> when, when things were difficult for your husband in Valencia, did he bring that home? Because when I used to see him, he used to say he was more relaxed. He used to say he had more time with his family. I walked around the streets with him there was no tension whatsoever, but clearly results weren't as going as well yeah, as I you mean, might have hoped. Honestly, it was a ghostly game, obviously the family and everything, and um, as much as it was like tense and the crowd and everything like that, he would come home and he'd be pretty chilled out actually. And um, it was just, it was just strange. We were just obviously such passionate fans um, that, yeah, there were just obviously points where you know, the losses were coming and it was like, oh my goodness, you, you know, your husband's getting called and you see him holding flags and things up and that was a bit scary actually. And I, I could see the stress on his face, it could wasn't you? good. Yeah, you I worry for your husband yeah, in that situation? Yeah, well, not in like the way he, his mood, because that was fine, but I just looked at him and just thought, this is doing him no good. Because he was looking tired and... Yeah, I did. After a while, I just thought, personally, I didn't, I didn't think he looked it like... criticism? Yeah. But how was the criticism coming from the British media? I mean, I don't read, I don't read papers, I don't read the press, and I'm not on. Fans. You said the only thing you read is United We Stand. Is that, is that a long-standing <laughs> yeah. thing? And we appreciate your support. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that a fair assessment? Were you tired? Because outwardly you're relaxing no. and you're enjoying it. No, it just looked on his face. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it on his face. Probably you don't re recognise on your own. I wasn't but... like. I felt quite relaxed. I wasn't. You know, because I think. I've learned to compartmentalise football matches now in terms of thinking about what happens. There's so many matches where I thought, how do we not win that? How do we not score those last minute chances? Or how do we concede that in the last minute? And it just felt like a lot of things in games were sort of like, you know, there'd get certain games where we played terribly, uh, but there were other games I thought we, you know, we easily could have won. And, um, you know, I've been watching football for five years, probably 70, 80, 100 games a year for Sky. I'd seen so many managers get sacked, so many managers get in that position and just felt, look, just, you know, you, You've seen this happen. You, even though it's your first time, just get on with it and do the you know do the best that you can. 
Um, I think the communication thing was a problem for you, wasn't it? Any problem, problem for me. But no. you, it's, you, you were speaking Spanish in the bedroom, you told me. We were four, we were we, four we, lessons a week. Yeah, we were having lessons, yeah. and you know, you start picking a little bit, so it get um, get to think you know a verb, and then it'll change again. And you're like, <laughs> but we did, and the kids were obviously doing it at school. They were doing really well. Were they? So that was the that was the shame, really, of it. That obviously for them to have picked up a, a language at the young age would have been amazing. Obviously, they have got bits of it, but. You know, for us all to have a family being able to communicate and in the language would have been really, really good. But you were glad when it meant coming back to, when to Manchester? It all did finish, I can't say that I felt like, oh dear, it was a bit of a relief really that. I was going to stay. I wanted to stay and, and stay over there. Yeah. And then, But then we asked the kids, and the kids said that, um, no, we want to go back. And that, that's when we decided to go back because I thought, well, I was willing to stay over there for another year or so and commute back to Manchester for other things, whether it be, you know, punditry or other stuff, but the kids wanted to come back to school. It's a really thing, this, but the kids found school easy. Yeah. They've been at quite a challenging school in England and then they found the school very easy and that was a criticism that came on with every day that they knew, they knew a lot of the stuff they were being told. They were almost like a year behind yeah. in Spain and that was something that I thought actually that's probably the most worrying thing really they're going to fall behind so actually that's when they said they wanted to move back and then putting that together we did move back and obviously because we're mostly live, we're living in Manchester and around Manchester is so. it one reason why football management is unattractive because you can be told that you're going to be living in another city within a short period of time and you do have a choice in it but you've got to be flexible and that's difficult to I don't think so. I don't think no. you could ever say it's unattractive. It's an incredible existence to be part of football at any level, whether you're a pundit, manager, coach, player. What a, what a, what a brilliant world to be involved in. So I don't think you can say that it's a bad thing or it's a negative thing. I couldn't ever point to anything negative about football, to be honest with you. So we stopped the podcast at that point because the noise of the jet engines was starting to drown out anything else. And the plane went to Manchester, uh, where I went to Old Trafford for the league game against Hull City. Two hours to go before the Manchester United Hull City game. Um, stood on Samat Busby Way. It's a bit nippy. Um, fans are starting to arrive. And a young gentleman has just come up and asked where we can get a beer. And he doesn't have a strong Manchester accent, but if I had to locate his accent, I'd probably put it somewhere on the east side of Yorkshire. And he's from Hull and we're going to try and get him in a pub, he's by himself, he's meeting his son and we thought it'd be interesting to speak to a Hull City fan. We know we had someone last week on the podcast and they told off the lad interviewing him for calling him Hull because they rightly pointed out Hull is a rugby team. Bollocks. Right. <laughs> What's your name, mate? <laughs> my name's Kit, K-I-T. Oh, right. Oh. It, was, it was my mother's fault 62 years ago and thank you for calling me young man. Um, you're, are you, so are we allowed to call you Hull or is it always Hull City or is it City? Hull, Hull City. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're from Hull? I'm from yeah. Hull, yeah. yeah. Travel down today yeah. on the train. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just about to meet my lad who's uh, flown in from Dallas, Texas yesterday. He's sadly, I'm going to tell you who he works for because I didn't tell you before, before this interview. He actually works for Liverpool Football Club. Right. Because Liverpool have got an academy in uh, Dallas, Texas. Right. And my son is one of the director coaches at the academy over there so every year he flies uh, across to the UK and spends a week at Melwood right. um, which is handy this week if got in yesterday 
So he's meeting me in half an hour to go to the game to watch the wonderful Old City. And by the way, he is a fantastic Old City fan, always has been. And he obviously wears a Liverpool shirt, but he's got his Old City shirt on underneath. And you've got a whole City scarf underneath your coat. Because when I you first came it. up to us yeah. and asked where you could get a drink, and yeah. we asked you who you supported, and you held it back a bit, but I like, I like the cut of your jib. Yeah. You've been following your team for years. For ages and ages and ages. First took Matt Lag when he was five. Uh, then he took his FA coach's badges, and he went over to America ten years ago, and he's done exceptionally well. And I'll tell you now, uh, I always said to my lad, Tom, if City... That's all city, not that plastic blue, blue thing over there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if we ever get to Wembley, son, I'll fly you back. When we got to Wembley and played Bristol City in the playoff final and Dean Windass scored that superb goal, that's the most expensive weekend I've ever had. Because I paid for him, he landed on the Thursday, we had two days in London and he flew back to uh, Texas on the uh, on the Monday. Are you old enough to remember Stuart Pearson? Stuart Pearson, the last time I saw Stuart Pearson I was actually at a Man United game here against Notts Forest. David Beckham scored and uh, I actually had my lad with me when he was 12 and Stuart Pearson is a Cottingham lad uh, he is. which is a part of all uh, I've been there, I used to go out with a girl who yeah. went to um, Old University and the halls of residence are in Cottingham there aren't they? There you go, yeah they and, certainly are and, yeah. and, um, and the house sorry. Martins lived on yeah. 57 Grafton Street Grafton Street, good few boozes around there yeah, yeah. Well, that's why Paul Eaton Although moved there Paul Eaton is not from all he's from Sheffield but he, do you know why he moved to all because Paul lives in Manchester now and he, he knows us all he moved there because he wanted to live by the sea in a city in a city he'd never been to before so he moved to all yeah and now Hull is the city of culture 2017 so everybody of you listening get on the train get on the bus get on your bike Come and see Hull. As a city? As, as a, a city. Is it a good place to visit? Well, I've been, Hull. I know it. Yeah. Hull is like every city. Hull is like every city. You name a city in Hull, it's got its problems. It's got its crime, it's got its drugs. It's got, Ro- got Ronnie Pickering. Ronnie Remember Pickering? Him? Fucking Ronnie. Do you, know, you know who I am? Do you know, do you know my name? I'm fucking Ronnie Pickering. He, oh, was, he was from an estate, <laughs> wasn't he? Just out. Yeah. yeah. That was the best thing on yeah. the internet last year. It was funny. And what was it even was better about it was... When it blew up, he was. He said, "I'm not really like that. I'm a nice, honest bloke. I like yeah. my fishing." And, fishing. Yeah. and that bloke yeah. could temp, that bloke could wound him up. He did, yeah. He had, he had, a, he, he had a camera on his motorbike, didn't he? Do you, do you remember a Hull City fanzine called Hull Hell and Happiness? I do. There's been many, 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 but I, I do remember that one. Um, so you've been going for years, home and away, I, following your team. I have been going to Hull City since I was. 10, 11, bad times, good times. What's you your know, low point? It was, it, was only th- it was only 13 years ago that we moved from Boothbury Park into the KC Stadium. We was, in the four, we was in the fourth division then, and now this is the third time we've been in the Premier League. We've touched on Europe, we've been to an FA Cup final and nearly beat Arsenal. If Alex Bruce had scored that third goal, it would have been absolute heaven. Um, in 1995, I, I went to Hull, and I'd never been to Boothbury Park. I went to see my girlfriend for the weekend, and she said, what are we going to do today? I said, let's go to a park. She said, you don't know any parks in Hull. I said, I do. 
She went, all right, so we got in the car and I drove to Boothbury Park. Boothbury Park. And I watched Hull City against Wickham Wanderers. Did I you really? Stood on the south. What was the South f- Bank. Yeah, yeah, there's a big yeah. terrace. Kempton End. Yeah, yeah. She, she came with me. Yeah. The relationship survived a little bit longer. Did it really? But I yeah. wanted to, I loved your ground. I'm sounding like a complete anorak now. No. It was the only ground in Britain. It had six floodlight pylons. Yeah. Look six, at you counting. Yeah. And six had, floodlight pylons. Pylons. The best football playing surface. Yeah. In the seventies. Yeah. We had a gymnasium yeah. at the back of that south stand, and we also. It had And we also had our own railway station. Which is the only thing it had in common with Old Trafford, because there were the only two grounds with their own railway yeah. stations yeah. in Britain. Yeah. And um, it's not been a good season. For you, or, or has it? Should you come up? Were you surprised well, the, to come up? The sad thing is, the sad thing is, is the owners, the Alams, yeah. Um, although they're from from Egypt, I mean, Alam has lived in Hull as a, a very good businessman for many many years, and he, and he bought our club. But sadly, Mr. Alam, the old man, he became ill uh, after investing eighty million in our club, and his son Ehab, the vice chairman, took over. And that's when it all went drastically wrong. He bought in this uh, membership scheme for the fans, which is totally... It makes me sick even to think about it. He got rid of concessions for kids. He got rid of concessions for the uh, old-age pensioners that have been supporting Old City for years and years and years. Berryman's... The young kids are our fan base for the future, and it's so so costly now to take um, your kids to the football game. That you know, I go I, I go and sit in the East Stand, and I see like Man United last week. I see the old of the West Stand upper empty. 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 Wembley the other year against Chef Wednesday. I I saw it. There was, was thousands. It was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? It was embarrassing because people are rebellion. People are rebellion. Like we want our club back. You know, Iab Iab Alama says the fan base are irrelevant. Yeah. That's what he says. Yeah. Yeah. Whether he says it because of the budget of what we put into the club as supporters, but to say that we are irrelevant, it beggars belief. I was at Turf Moor last night and an announcement came over that Robbie Brady had signed for Burnley, so you've lost, you've lost your best player. Well, no, no, Robbie, no. Robbie Brady, the, the Burnley got him from Norwich. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, right. Are you ready this we, bit out or look like a complete <laughs> fool? I might just keep it in, we, you know. We Pro- sell professional Robbie. football journalists just we, making a massive We, we sold Robbie to Norwich. <laughs> you yeah, did. Yeah, Robbie, yeah. Robbie did definitely go to Hull City yeah, because yeah. at one point three years ago, and I spoke to some of the lads there, you had James Chester. Yep. From Manchester United, Paul McShane from yep. Manchester United, yeah. Corey Evans who'd come from Manchester United. Yeah. There are more. And you're going to help me. Um, one Green. of the strikers who went to Blackburn Rovers who came from Manchester United. You had, you had about six players who come. We did. Um, yeah. Because that, that was a Stevie Van, Bruce connection. That was a Stevie Bruce connection Bruce. and the Warren Joyce connection. You see. Yeah. Because Joyce yeah. played for you, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was manager for a while. Right. Yeah. You, I'm not patronising, but you keep supporting your team. I think you're a proper football fan. I respect you. And we're going to make sure that you get a pint so that you can <laughs> on us. And he'll buy it. And we'll yeah. buy it. No, no, we're not, we're not going that far, Steve. Um, and, you know, it looks like you're going to go down this year. But I don't know. You say that. Yeah. 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 Right. But Marco Silva 
our incredible Portuguese yeah. uh, new manager that is um, a clone of um, Mourinho. Mourinho, yeah, has just signed eight new players in the last 28 days. Yeah. We've only got rid of Livermore and Snodgrass. Yeah. And sadly Ryan and sadly Ryan Mason won't play again this season, bless yeah. him. But he's out yeah. of hospital now. Uh, let's see what he's done. And you know what a job he did at Estoril? Estoril is famous for a racetrack and a casino. They did nothing in football. Yeah. Not only did he get them promoted, took them to the. It got him into Europe. He got him into Europe. Won the cup, I think. I believe. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Who would have believed? Ull City, and I say Ull City because Ull's got not yeah, it ain't got an H in it. It's U double L. All right. Ull City. So I've got to, I've got yeah. to pronounce it Ull. Ull City near the Umber. <laughs> yeah. Umber. That ain't got an H in it either. Umber Bridge is Ull, fantastic. Umber isn't it? Bridge is fantastic. North yeah. North Ferriby. How on earth have they got in that? Yeah, they've got the Alums on North Ferriby. Ah, I wonder how a village team had got into England's fifth division. In the shadows of the Humber Bridge. Is North, is North Ferriby. Ferriby like really posh area? It's a nice village. Mm. Yeah, in the shadows of the Humber Bridge, but sadly. They've done really, really well to get to where they are uh, in that top top league, but they're going to get relegated. I know, I know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if uh, they survive <laughs> uh, because the ground's not good enough. Thank you for your time. It's been a You're pleasure welcome, to speak to you. Sir. Manchester United drew nil nil against Hull City, and I'm walking past the Munich Memorial, the main one. And up by the Old Trafford forecourt, feeling a little bit vexed, if I'm honest. It's the third league game that United have drawn, and it feels like the momentum has been lost, which had been built up towards the end of the year. I know the team of 14 games unbeaten in the league, but it hasn't been good enough in recent matches. Uh, too many abject performances. From players who should be game changers, from players who've got world-class reputations and the salaries to, to match. I've just seen Jose Mourinho in the press conference. Obviously he wasn't happy, which is understandable, because Manchester United should be beating the bottom of the team league. They've done really poorly against sides, the promoted sides at Old Trafford so far this season. And Mourinho pushed against decisions which he felt going his side's way. Not the first time that he's done that either. And he has a point on some of them. I don't think the referee had a, had a good game tonight. But then, nor did most of the Manchester United players. It was flat from the start. Uh, the, the late surge isn't really good enough. And I never really felt that United were going to get the winner. The similarities with the home game against Middlesbrough. But nowhere near the number of chances created. And so the team stays six. Got a feeling that United is just going to be six forever. Stay six for like 15 years with the ups and downs that come when you follow a team who finish six. Some highlights, some lowlights. And the next game is at Leicester at the weekend. I'm just walking past um, the, the, the car parks. <laughs> I'm watching a car try and drive in a one-way car park and it's causing a right little kerfuffle and the, the canal, it's a really mild night in Manchester and it was pretty flat inside the stadium, people were leaving well before the end um, they'd had enough the little pocket of Hull fans in the corner 
singing away with pretty predictable songs. They've adapted that Guardiola song for their admittedly impressive Portuguese manager. And I felt about, thought about the lad we had on the podcast earlier on, and at least he'll go home happy as he goes back to Yorkshire. And I hope it's a decent journey back. But I'm going to turn off for, for now and uh, we'll be bringing the, the next podcast back at the weekend um, after the Leicester City game. Let's hope that fortunes pick up. We drew twice against Leicester last season. Another draw. Um, surely not. I watched Leicester uh, on, on Tuesday night at Burnley away and they're not the side they were. They're on the way down. You see the bad demeanour of the players. Uh, I won't say a little bit big time, but there was no need for them to have private security at Burnley. No other teams have it. So United should hopefully go to Leicester, get a result. But are they going to do it? It's a bit flat, and the season's ticking on now. They've got to be finishing in the top four. I think a failure to finish in the top four is a failure, given the players that Manchester United have got. I don't expect the team to win the league. They've spent a lot of money. Got a lot of very good players. And it's not unreasonable to expect standards to be higher. Until the next podcast, good night.